0: It's 930
2: in 716.
0: I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski outside, currently looking at clear skies. Pretty nice out there, 55 degrees in Buffalo.
2: Two days after the midterms, control of the House and Senate still up for grabs. A
3: razor-thin race is unfolding in Colorado. Fewer than 100 votes separated Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert and Adam Frisch overnight in what could be a major upset for Republicans. But on the other side of the country, a big win for Republicans, Mike Lawler beating New York Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney, the chairman of the Democratic Congressional
0: Campaign Committee. ABC calling a runoff election in the Georgia Senate race to be held at the beginning of December. Galen Drew, host of the 538 podcast, weighs in on the battle between Republican Herschel Walker and his Democrat opponent, Raphael Warnock. Herschel
3: Walker is not popular, and the fact that he sort of did as well as he did to pull even with Raphael Warnock could be in part because he was riding the coattails of popular governor Brian Kemp. If Brian Kemp is not on the ballot in this runoff election, it's possible that Raphael Warnock has the advantage.
2: Election night did not go as planned for Donald Trump. Several of the candidates he endorsed lost. Now observers are speculating whether the former president will still commit to the big announcement he promised at an election rally a few days ago or hold off on announcing a presidential run as pushed by some advisors. Will he
3: decide not to run? Maybe. But at the same time, other people I've talked to say, look, He's been doing this for almost two years now. We're talking about this big announcement of a run, but the reality is that ever since he left the White House, he's been holding these rallies, acting as a candidate. He's just too far, as some people say, his advisors, he's too far down the
2: road to back out now. That announcement is planned for next Tuesday. Meanwhile,
0: growing concern about the economy amid a wave of new layoffs, Facebook's parent company cutting 11,000 jobs. The tech industry taking a hit with advertising revenue falling, inflation cutting into consumer spending. and Alley has more.
2: Adding to the uncertainty on Wall Street, the collapse of FTX, one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges, and Tuesday's midterm election results where voters delivered a mixed verdict.
0: It's and Alley with the latest. Twitter, Lyft, already announcing big jobs cuts. Real estate company Redfin laying off 13% of its staff.
2: We're keeping an eye on a rare November hurricane for Florida. Hurricane Nicole made its arrival in the middle of the night, slamming
0: Florida's east coast with heavy rain and wind gusts topping 75 miles per hour. Homeowners described their backyards disappearing. As massive waves lashed the Daytona Beach area, already battered by Hurricane Ian six weeks ago. New drone video shows the beach erosion in Volusia County, hours before Nicole's landfall. The storm surge expected to be up to five feet, jeopardizing homes and residential buildings. The sheriff saying 12 condos and at least one hotel were in danger of collapsing. Authorities evacuated families from at least
2: six of the buildings. Nicole made landfall. Overnight, just south of Vero Beach. Yeah, you
0: can see uh, some of the waves crashing on the shoreline this morning. 5.05 now on WBEN. Will Josh Allen play on Sunday? It's the big question heading into the Bills matchup with Minnesota. Sean McDermott yesterday providing an update.
1: Based on the medical report that we have, uh, Josh is day-to-day. We will see how he does. We use common sense, and obviously we factor a lot of things into it, the medical report being one of them, and our doctor's wisdom and knowledge. Uh, he's day-to-day, and the next question will be, is he going to play? And the answer is, we'll see. Uh, he's day-to-day, and the next question will be, is he going to play? And the answer is, we'll see.
0: Well, uh, Sean McDermott right there. ESPN reported earlier this week. Allen dealing with a UCL injury, that's an elbow ligament, so something to watch out for there. I was saying earlier this morning, we'll see. I'm very familiar with that phrase.
2: I think all of us are, right?
0: I'm a father. I know what we'll see means. That's what
2: dads say.
0: It means no. <laughs> it means <laughs> we'll see. Uh, maybe you'll forget about it, but uh, we'll see. By the age of seven, I figured that one out. We'll see. Okay.
2: That's a good one. Jack Eichel, back in town tonight when the Sabres play Vegas downtown at 7. Eichel playing well this season after undergoing disc replacement surgery, a move unprecedented for a hockey player that became a flashpoint in the weeks leading up to him being traded away from the team. WBEN's Max Ferry takes a look at that surgery and its growing popularity. Buffalo
0: Sabre turned Golden Knight, Jack Eichel became the first person last year in the NHL to undergo a different neurological surgery called artificial disc replacement, or ADR, as opposed to the common practice of anterior, cervical, dissectomy and fusion, or ACDF, after suffering from a herniated disc. And as a result, other NHL hockey players started to follow suit. A year ago, nobody had had it. Now, all of a sudden, three guys have had it. So... It's a more common injury than you think and it's a good way to resolve that injury, and, um, so I'm happy that guys have had that opportunity to do it. Professor of Neurology and Chief Medical Officer of the Dent Neurologic Institute, Dr. Laszlo Mechtler, highlights the benefits of the artificial disc replacement.
1: Some of the literature says that four to six weeks is the recovery time for this type of surgery, so it is a faster recovery time. The studies that have been done showed that the complication rate is less and also showed that the four- and five-year side effect profile is better with this type of surgery. So I think that in the future, more and more athletes will be undergoing this type of procedure. But like I said, we'll have to wait and see what the five-year success rates are compared to a-C-D-F.
0: more on this is made available to you on our website max ferry wben.com news all right max thank you uh jack eichel back in town an exciting night a big night for the sabers oh, tonight seven o'clock and we'll see how it all plays out well there might be a big change coming to the way you go about getting rid of your big old electronics WBEN's Brayton Wilson has the story. Recycling
3: is a very big topic right now throughout the state of New York, and electronic recycling may be something you should keep in mind heading into the holiday season. It has been an outlet for people to be able to get rid of their old technology laying around the house that is either broken or hasn't been used in some time. This Saturday, Sun King Electronics Recycling is hosting a free event in West Seneca where people can register and load up their old devices and drop it off like a drive-thru. We've streamlined that process, so it's a 10-minute process at the most. You have a drop-off time. You go through, we take your stuff. And like I said, it's, it's as simple as that. And then we take it from there. We take it back to our warehouse over in Brockport. And that's where we break it down and, and send along those components. And especially if there's something in there that can be reused as well. That's always the first line of recycling. So we look for stuff like that as well. If we can refurbish it, give it a second life. Great. If not, we're able to break it down. And, and that's usually been the easiest way for people to recycle. That was Director of Marketing at Sun King, Robert Burns. Come January 1st of 2023, new regulations will be in place across New York City state where it must be free and convenient for everyone to be able to recycle electronics. That means it may be the final chance for Western New Yorkers to be able to recycle their electronics via drive through before the holidays as Sun King plans to make free drop-off locations available to the public as soon as the start of this month. While opening the drop-off locations may deter the need for larger drop-off events like the one in West Seneca on Saturday, Burns says it will be a wait-and-see approach if they plan for another event down the road. We don't know if these events are going to be needed anymore. If you can just load up your stuff and go to the Goodwill around the corner or or whatever the drop-off site may be. So it's going to be some changes for us in the industry, for the consumer, for everyone listening. It's a great thing for you. You know, you're buying something new. You put it aside. You have so many more options now to drop it off and know that you're doing the right thing. You're also avoiding a fine because it's illegal to throw these things out. So it's a win-win for the consumer. Hear more of our conversation with Burns on electronic recycling available on our website. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News.
2: I do hate hanging on to this stuff, you know, waiting for the right drop-off event.
0: TVs right? are so tough now. Yeah, um, You know, no longer able to, like, donate a lot of, especially the older ones, right. to, you know, Salvation Army or the Goodwill or something like that. Uh, there's, you know, very, I remember one time driving around with the TV in the back of my car <laughs> for, I mean, it was days. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to figure out or where longer. do I get rid of this. Uh, might be a little bit more tough without some of these events that are usually pretty well advertised. You know, you're yes. able to kind of pre-plan for that. We'll see if it happens this so, point on going into the future. It will change,
2: yeah, in January. Your exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast
0: for the day today calls for unseasonable warmth and a good supply of sunshine with temperatures into the low 70s. Once again, for highs away from Lake Erie. Lakeside, it'll be into the upper 60s with a balmy southerly breeze. Tonight, high clouds out ahead of Nicole. Travel into western New York, the overnight low temperature into the mid-50s. Veterans Day brings periods of rain by afternoon. We could see upwards of an inch to an inch and a half of rainfall. The high temperature in the mid-60s. With your exclusive WBN some Weather Forecast, i meteorologist Josh Nichols.
2: Republican strategist Carl Calabrese is joining us this morning. Uh, Carl, Democrats held off a red wave on Tuesday. And when you look at exit polls, 73% of voters were angry. They're concerned about the economy yet they kept the status quo in office it seems as though politics is frozen what what's your take
1: a couple of things susan you know this election my number one thought was uh, there's an old old saying about the republican party that i think is true that goes like this the republican party is the party that never misses an opportunity to miss an opportunity and that's exactly what happened the other night—a a once every generation opportunity in terms of all the political moons and stars lining up perfectly for a wave election, because all the polls, as you just mentioned, basically screamed the word "wave" going into the into the actual election. And yet, I'm—you know—I'm left with a feeling. I know a lot of Republicans are are left with a feeling that uh, you know, summed up by that old song by Peggy Lee: "Is that all there is?" Yes, we won the House of Representatives. Yes, that will be. Well, I shouldn't say that. We don't know that yet. There's forty-something seats still uh, up for grabs. But I, I think when it's all said and done, because the Republicans only needed six, and we got uh, we got, f- I think four or five just out of New York alone, um, they will they will be in control. It may not be by a lot, but in this game, you know, an inch is as good as a mile. Um, you know, we we got the house. That will be an effective break to the. Our left progressive agenda that the Biden administration has been pursuing, but you're left with that feeling, that wanting feeling, what could have been? Why did we miss the opportunity to what Newt Gingrich referred to uh, as a realignment election. Newt Gingrich, who engineered one of the biggest political wave elections of my lifetime in 1994 when he took back the House of Representatives in one bite by winning 53 seats and taking away the majority that the Democrats had held for 40 consecutive years. He was predicting not just a wave, he was predicting what he called a realignment election of of some 40 to 50 seats. How did we miss that? And there's going to be a lot of analysis and, um, and thinking about what the party did wrong uh, to to miss this great opportunity.
0: Well, does part of it's that hard lie hard with line. former President Trump? Democrats wanted to make this election about Trump. Carl, in the past, I know we've talked about this, uh, Trump was not a top issue for voters. But in areas where Democrats spent money to uh, prop up in the primaries, the candidate most closely aligned with the former president, all those candidates lost to a Democrat in the general election. It worked for them.
1: Yes, it did. And I heard your interview with Dave Leventhal, and he was absolutely right. It was one of the most cynical political plays I've ever seen, but it worked. And what it told you is that, you know, and and some of these candidates were, were, you know, they were new and they developed into into good candidates. But you got to look at who they want, who they beat in those primaries. And the question is, the people they beat in the primaries, which were, in most cases, more seasoned, proven elected officials who had a track record of being able to win campaigns and attract independents, those were the folks who were beaten. And you have to ask, if if the Republican Party voters, the base voters, had made a smarter choice in their primary votes... Uh, Would they have fielded better, more qualified, and more competitive candidates? I think the answer to that is clearly yes, because if you look at what's winning for the Republicans, let's look at the governors, Sununu, DeWine, Kemp, Abbott, DeSantis, all of them are conservative. Uh, but they're not, they don't fall into the mold of, of you know, election deniers and, and that, that whole Trump thing. They're conservative. They have good, solid records of accomplishments at the state level. They appeal to to moderates. They appeal to independents. And they win, and they win big. Uh, I, I just hope the Republican base begins to realize that, what do you want? What do you want out of a, an election for president? Do you want to elect a conservative uh, president with an agenda that, that you like? Or do you want to give the middle finger to the establishment that i think is the question and until republican base voters figure out that it's about winning the presidency in 2024 uh, you know i'm concerned that this party may continue down the same path of electing candidates that make them feel good initially but then just aren't ready for the big leagues come november
2: i want to know Carla, what, Carl, what you think about what about the, the, conversation the conversation is going on right now within the republican party. party i mean Trump's being advised to delay his announcement, right, next week. The Republican Party doesn't seem to discuss whether he should run the way the Democrats openly say that Joe Biden should not run again.
1: No, no Republicans aren't comfortable with that kind of uh, public discussion. But I can tell you, Susan, it's it's happening. It's happening in private. It's also starting to bubble up. I'm, I'm reading lots of op-ed pieces from uh, different conservative uh, journals and, and authors, uh, now openly saying it's, it's time. And in fact, there was a, a piece I sent to f- a couple of my friends last night uh, called An Open Letter to Donald Trump. And it was very good and, and uh, basically laid out that, look, you, you, you won the presidency, you, you implemented a great agenda. Uh, your, your agenda was very popular, but it's time to recognize that when you run for office, you ignite a passion on the left that that's, you know, just unprecedented. And they come out, and they come out with, you know, with, with a mission to, to defeat you. And, you know, that is going to happen again, and maybe even more so if he runs again. So, yeah, the party's going to be in an interesting position. Assuming he announces that he's running, um, you know, what, what, what do they do? Is it time to, to look to the bench, and we've got a very good bench. And the most obvious is, is Ron DeSantis. What he did in Florida, absolutely incredible. I mean, there 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 was the Red Wave. Um, he's made Florida a, a Republican stronghold when not long ago it was a purple state. Uh, he's got more, for the first time in its history, Florida has more registered Republicans than Democrats. Uh, he's got that he's got that Trumpian quality of he's not afraid to fight. Uh, But what I find about him is he's much more careful in the fights that he picks. And when he does pick a fight, he's much more careful with the language he uses. And those are two traits that Donald Trump, uh, I think, genetically just can't do.
0: You know, the other big thing uh, that we began to see, Carl, was the issue of abortion, something we talked about before the election as, I I think, for a lot of people—and they saw this as right— It wasn't top of mind. It wasn't the economy. It wasn't uh, crime, inflation, things like that. It wasn't something that directly impacted most people. However, it was a big issue for young voters under 30, under 25 years old. What is the Republican issue that drives young voters
1: to the poll? Uh, I'm struggling to see if there is one. I agree with you. I don't know if there is one, because these young voters, frankly, uh, have gone through an education system from grade school that has produced a very left-wing uh, voting bloc. I mean, when you look at questions to young people about, you know, socialism, I mean, 45 percent of young people think socialism is superior to capitalism. we got a real problem in the coming generation with the folks that we've educated through this very, very far-left progressive education system that, unfortunately, parents didn't realize how bad it was until COVID, and they got to see through virtual learning exactly what was being taught. I don't know if there is uh, an answer for young people. Uh, I think, for example, I I felt that Republicans missed the boat with, with women, especially married women with children, in not, be, not, not identifying as the, the party of the parent and talking about education issues and educational control, uh, much like Glenn Youngkin did to win the, the governorship of Virginia last year. Uh, I always thought that was a sleeper issue, especially for suburban women. Uh, we didn't develop that in this election. And uh, hopefully going forward, the party recognizes that is a very, very potent issue that Republicans ought to own. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a voting block that may not be Republican. And the problem is, uh, Brian, is that, you know, in the past, the knock on young voters was they don't vote. You know, they may, they may appear leftist and, and answer the questions that favor Democrats, but they just don't come out to vote. That's not been true the last couple of cycles. They are coming out, and they're coming out in bigger and bigger numbers. Uh, young single women are voting Democrat 87 percent. So it's a real problem. It's got to be counteracted. I think the counteracting fl- um, uh, strategy is with married women with children in the suburbs, and education would, I think, be the key to unlocking that strategy successfully. That's 930
2: in
3: 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four
0: amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New
3: iPhone 15s? Over
0: here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line
1: per month with eligible trade in when you switch